What's up, fight fans? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. My name is Gabriel. You can find me on social media at Double G on TV. As we talked about last week, Natalie is just about ready to give birth any minute. She has not gone into labor, but she is she's just sitting there waiting for the surprise. So, Natalie, I know you're listening. Just handle what you gotta handle, homegirl, and we will be here when you get back. Now, it was gonna be very lonely, and there's a lot of MMA to talk about, so I invited one of my friends to keep me company. And if you guys have followed me on Twitter, you've seen her on my YouTube channel, but this is her MMA Daily Podcast debut. My special guest, Amanda Sanchez, aka Chica of Unknown MMA. Amanda, how are you? I'm good. I have had a long day, but it's been good. Uh, How are you? I am good. I've had a long one also. Not as bad as yours, I know, but it, um, you know, (laughs) it kind of got to me down the stretch. But yeah, so I know we talked, I talked to you on my YouTube channel, but let everybody who doesn't know who you are, how are you involved in MMA? What do you do, etc.? Yeah, I have my own website, unknownmma.com, and so I have a team of writers, and we talk about some of the aspects that we don't normally see on MMA websites, so less breaking news, more fight previews, more um, in-depth fighter profiles and stuff like that, and then some fun articles, too, um, like Alex's um, Tinder pics on a big fight and then she has her dad's predictions so her dad will go through as like a casual and give his predictions for a whole fight card so we do a lot of fun stuff like that um I do photography with a bunch of fighters I've photographed some crazy people (laughs) it's just like all happened really quickly and I got some pretty big names uh really fast so yeah, the site's growing and we're getting more traction and yeah, it's a lot of fun. No, well, uh, I've talked to you about this before. I absolutely love the concept. I think you guys have a lot of amusing, entertaining, just fun content that's a little um, out of left field, uh, you know, so to speak. But you guys know your MMA. You guys have a great way of conveying it. And I think that you guys, you, you guys just know what you're doing. You know what, you know flavor you guys are bringing so to speak and I love it I tune in um I feel bad for Alex every time she gets on tinder but you know <laughs> I can't even imagine helping with that she had asked me to help and I'm like oh no thank you I don't know about that <laughs> she takes one for the team for sure she, but, really, um, she really does and then uh, I, I always shouted out your photography you've got so much amazing shots I I love watching them I love looking at them I know the fighters do too because I'll see them reposting your stuff so that's how you know because they have all the Getty images and you got Esther Lynn out there always killing it so when they're saying they love the Amanda Sanchez photography that's how you know it's good so I definitely want to shout it out. Um, I want to ask you a funny thing. We will be talking about everything you see 245 in the weekend. You have this funny thing going on. How is your MMA Lent going until Tony versus Habib? Oh, my God. I swear, like, I've been good. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, I am doing MMA Lent until Tony and Khabib. So I am sacrificing candy until 
the fight to hope that maybe that will serve a sacrifice to the MMA gods. <laughs> it's it's going bad, honestly. I'm like so <laughs> close to buying gummy worms, uh, but I, I managed not to do that. I've been eating candy more recently, so I'm like, that's a reason for me to stop. So I almost bought gummy worms yesterday at the grocery store, and I was able to not do it. So uh, it's going strong. I think we're about a week or two in. So we'll see. It's like six. How many months is it? Until the Khabib uh, Tony fight? Close to four. Close to three or four. Okay. It feels like it's going to be like a year. But yeah, like four or five months until that fight. So we'll see. I mean, I'm pretty good at sticking to things like that. So. I mean, uh, you could just be like me and get your Brian Ortega Jesus candle and just light yeah. it faithfully every week. I mean, <laughs> I told you and... Um, notorious kgb on twitter that i i think that's a brilliant idea that's what i do but you know yeah. hey you are taking one for the team <laughs> yeah so amanda thank you very much for joining me it is a lot of fun uh, hanging out with you and talking to you so let's recap it because we were coming off three weeks of no mma and then i swear the mma gods just made it rain on us with yeah. news and fights and just everything in between um, so first off, the day started interestingly because really you had boxing with Andy Ruiz and Anthony Joshua, which, right. you know, all of our friends who were already in the business, I feel like it was a pregame session yeah, for everybody. Yeah, it definitely felt like that. And then yeah. we had like a little intermission and then the DC fight. Yeah, like people went to get lunch, they did their errands, and then they came yeah. back and locked in for UFC Washington. Let's get right into There was a lot of little stuff going on. Stefan Struve and the low blows and Cynthia Calvillo and all that. The draw, Song Yadong um, and them having the draw. But the big one, the main event, Alistair Overeem versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. I've heard it say like two different mm -hmm. ways. I, I said it last yeah. week. That is the coolest name for a fighter you will ever hear. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I really like it. I mean, I could just... I, 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 like, my Over, name? I like Alistair Overeem, too. I, those are two really good names. It's okay, but it's not Rosenstrike. Yeah, Like, I would true. say, like, you know, <laughs> what's your name? I would just always say the last name anyway, even if it's like, like Amanda, mm -hmm. you'd be like, you know, Gabriel Rosenstrike. Yeah, sounds... you have to say the full name. It's like one of those where you have to say the whole name. Like, you can't just say, like, Aldo. Like, you gotta say Jose Aldo. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those. I don't know. I mean, that one, it is. It is slightly. Yeah. But Aldo, yeah. I mean, I feel like he's got the mystique. You know, just who is yeah. he? Aldo. Aldo. No, but, <laughs> yeah. um, look, that was a, so that fight, um, they did not stand and bang as much as I thought. It was a lot of Alistair picking his shots. There was just a lot of, yeah. you know, picking their spots and they'd really just surge. But there wasn't any just get in the middle of the octagon and throw down, which... I thought right. might happen. I thought, you know what, similar to Nganu and Overeem, you know, there's going to be that moment where they just kind of collide in the middle and the guy who lands first is going to do that devastating damage. That yeah. didn't happen till the end. Yeah. But, you know, so Overeem, I was very impressed. He looked mm -hmm. like the guy you remember. He picked his spots. And I said this on last week's show, for people who don't know, Rosenstrike isn't just, what is it, like 10 and 11 and 0 now? He's got over 80 kickboxing fights, and he's got a ridiculous yeah. record over there, too, plus knockouts uh, there, too. So this was a guy with the credentials to stand and bang right. with Overeem. Mm -hmm. Overeem, you know, the experience was clearly on his side. He was controlling a lot of it. Down the stretch, you know, I, I heard it say, you know, up 4-0, and 
I did have Rosenstrike with the fourth, but I felt like the yeah. fifth, he didn't need that finish. Even the fifth, you know, yeah. it wasn't as one-sided. And let's be honest, though, he lands that one shot, and it is the ugliest lip you will ever yeah. see. I mean, yeah. uh, you walk me through what your reaction was to that finish and the fight, so, if you'd like. So it's really interesting. Uh, I didn't get to watch it live. So I got, I don't know if, I know, I don't know what happened. Well, I know what happened. I got a migraine. So if I got a freaking migraine and I went to sleep at eight o'clock, like a nerd. And then I, I woke up in the middle of the night. I think it was like one or two. And I got on Twitter and I saw the pictures of Overeem's lip. I was like, Oh God, that's really bad. Like I was scrolling, like, Talk about a wake-up call, bro. Like, it was 1 in the morning, and I saw that, and I could not go back to sleep. I was just like, wow, that was crazy. And, like, of course, like, you hear Robbie Lawler, you picture that lip, right? And now Overeem is always going to have that ingrained in our brains, too. Um, but I was watching it, and since I, I hadn't read anything on how the fight went. So I was watching it, and I was waiting for that punch in the, the last round, and I was just like... The entire five minutes, I was just, like, watching, like, waiting for it to be, like, oh, my God, is that going to be it? Oh, is that going to be it? So it was kind of it was really disappointing that it didn't happen until the very last, like, ten seconds maybe, like, eight seconds. And um, so I was watching it, and I was waiting the entire time. I had Overeem winning. Um, I don't usually, like, take notes or do anything like that, but I was writing down, like, who do I think was winning up until then, knowing what the end was so I was waiting for that lip thing to happen and I was like didn't know it was humanly possible to pop open a lip in that way it just and it seemed like it almost came out of nowhere right because like they were eating each other's punches pretty well that entire fight and then that that <laughs> knockdown was just like his head bounced off the cage and his lip was split apart and then you see him talking and it's like please stop talking and lip looks it your face is about to fall off it was bad yeah um you know what I, I guess here's the thing you guys want to know why nate diaz versus jorge masvidal was stopped mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. people thought that was about to happen to Nate Diaz's face. That's why yeah. the, the doctor in New York stopped that one. Yeah. So you got to think that way. Like, I'm with you. That thing, I mean, you know, that that famous, you know, Mike Goldberg, so you want to be an ultimate fighter. It's yeah. like, yeah. you know what? Don't talk to me about Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bonner. Show a guy that yeah. picture and ask him if he still wants to do this. That is about as nasty as mm -hmm. it's ever going to get. Um you could argue yeah. that the Anderson Silva leg break that got that gets people's yeah. stomach too, but mm -hmm. that lip. Yeah, and that lip. You could see inside of his lip, you and like it looked like teeth. it was just gonna keep. Yeah, it was bad. It was. Oh, it was very ugly. Yeah. I was it, a little bit traumatized, honestly, with seeing it so many times. Yes, and this is from a guy who binge watches The Walking Dead, mind you. I <laughs> love that. Oh, and that made me uncomfortable. Yeah, no, and I like the violent, like the violent stuff like that doesn't really bother me. But like after seeing it so many times, I'm like, and then seeing him talking with it or like trying to talk, that was like, stop, please, please stop moving your mouth because <laughs> it looked really ugly. No, it, it was it was bad. Let me ask you about the finish because some people said controversial. Yeah. Um, on for my money, at first I thought, you know what. Rosenstrike turns away 
If Alistair Overeem gets back up, I don't think Rosenstrike makes the turn and hits him again in four seconds if he takes no. another step. So at first I was like, you know what, that was kind of the ref. But then I feel like also, let's be honest, if the ref doesn't move, I don't see the... Uh, I see Overeem's jaw falling off if Rosenstrike yeah. hits him again. So yeah. uh, at first I was like, you know what, that was a little lucky. Overeem did get back up quick, but... The more times I saw it, just that sequence, where is the ref, where's Rosenstrike, where's everybody, I'm good with it. You know yeah. what, it was It was a buzzer beater, not Yair Rodriguez, yeah. but about as close, yeah. but I had a, that was a buzzer beating victory, plain and simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was close, but that was clean. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think in the moment, it did look like he, he could have gone that way, but... And I don't think the ref, uh, it was Dan, right? Yeah. I don't think he saw the lip right away, but he, like, he saw the impact. He saw the way he fell. So I think he would have stopped it if once he saw the lip. And it was what? Like, it was like four seconds left. There yeah. wasn't anything else that was going to happen. And I mean, a lot of times fighters get criticized for hitting those final punches until the ref pulls them off. Like, Jorge Masvidal and Ben Askren, and they're like, well, that wasn't really necessary. I, and you're supposed to go until the ref stops you, but at the same time, dude's lip is split completely apart. He shouldn't keep fighting. It's like the Nate Diaz thing. Yeah. That's the reason that they stopped that fight. The doctor stopped the fight for a reason. If there was another minute left in the fight, it was going to be stopped with that cut. So I, I don't think he should have turned around, but at the same time, he – he made the decision not to keep punching him after that. So, I mean, yeah. it, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. It's, it was one of those. It's clean. Like four seconds. I'm not going to lie. If you're over him, I think you care more about the fact that you got caught with four seconds rather than the ref not letting you up. I think that's probably how he sees it. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, obviously only he knows for sure. Um, I, I don't want to imagine how much chapstick he needs today, but uh, that's, I mean, Alistair, I hope they have a great plastic surgeon down there in Miami because yeah. that was bad. Yeah, I think he, well, it's Miami. They definitely yeah. have good plastic surgeons. <laughs> if they don't but work no, on, well, they I, don't work on lips like that. Yeah. They I work on they, other stuff. I think uh, I saw Ariel said that he had gone through um, yeah. his plastic surgery already and he looked good. So, I mean, let's so, hope. Pixar didn't happen. <laughs> yeah honestly yeah all right yeah, you know, but that one look Jorginho with that victory um obviously he makes a big jump I think that he just stole breakthrough fighter of the year I think he was the front runner before the Overeem fight this one if I'm not mistaken that's his fourth his last two fights leading up to it he needed less than 30 seconds something like that uh, less than 40 I mean, that's kind of, look, he came in, he made a splash, similar to Israel Adesanya. He fought some good mm -hmm. names. I mean, besides Overeem, his last fight, he knocked out Andre Arlovsky, former champion, yeah. a guy who even worked his way back up to the title, at, you know, to title contention at one point. Um, mm -hmm. That's just impressive. Um, yeah. Everyone's talking about the Francis Ngannou fight. I'm not opposed to that. If I'm being honest, though... All of that is just so confusing because of the wait for Stipe in D.C. Because, yeah. I mean, you can't tell me that Nganu doesn't think about being a backup or something. But yeah. I did see him talk to Ariel and he's like, man, just give me anybody. I don't even care about waiting for, some, for the belt or not anymore. 
I think that's a sign of the times. He hasn't fought since I think July, August, something like that. Um, I say make the fight happen. I think it's good television. I think that Jarzinho is a guy that Nganu fights anyway. If he were to become champion, get it out of the way now. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. Like, I mean, it's, it is good to see Roshan Shikes going into those championship rounds, right? And seeing those long that longer fight. And I mean, he, he looked a little winded to me, but not out of the fight winded. Like, Overeem looked kind of winded in the fourth to me but I, I think that's part of what we needed to see from him too and I think him fighting Francis would be um a test it would be a big test for him um but I mean it might just it, it's either gonna put him up there it's gonna weed him out he's gonna need to go through that regardless I mean let me ask you if you're Francis Ngannou what fight is the one that you take Volkov or Rosenstrike? Hmm. I'm gonna go with Rosenstrike. Let's let's kill this hype train. Like well, I'd be like, okay, dude, let's see, put him up here, see what he can really do. I think so too, because I think that Nganu versus anybody, you know, just he's he's the top contender, plain and simple. You just mm-hmm. knocked out Curtis Blades, Kane, Junior Dos Santos. You're the you're the man right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think that if you're really talking about, like, let's say there's any sort of delay with Stipe and DC, which starting to feel like it's uh, we're looking at a little bit. It feels like it's ha- never going to happen. Yeah. It, having Ganu knock out a guy like Rosenstrike, for example, and suddenly you're like, hey, guys, you know, like, are you afraid or something? I mean, I'm, I'm here. And look, I get it. There's business and all that. I completely get that. But at the end of the day, Nganu winning that fight or Rosenstrike, that's exactly mm-hmm. the kind of thing that puts the champion on notice. And that's the yeah. kind of thing that gets the fans to like, hey, you know, we don't care about business. We want violence and you guys are mm-hmm. avoiding it. And I think yeah. that's, that, would be, that would work for them. Don't get me wrong. Volkov is top rated too. I think that Volkov gets another good victory. He's in that conversation. But when you talk about, you know, heavyweights who pack a punch... That's yeah. they're, they're right there. So yeah, I think that'll be good and yeah, it was a it was a decent card, I'm not going to lie. Part of me wondered what would have happened if they had Kamaru and Colby in Washington. Yeah. I felt like that yeah. would have been fun, but could have been quite the pet spectacle. I mean, that would have been interesting. I I wouldn't have minded to see just what would have been the presidential reaction just for the story Ugh. on Monday, but yeah. you know, it happened the way it happened. Um, at the same time, somewhere very close to some chica I know, there was another fight going on. Combate Americas did the pay-per-view thing. Tito Ortiz versus Alberto Del Rio. He's had many names. He was Alberto Del Rio in WWE. He's better known as El Patron in his post-WWE life. And obviously the reason he's famous is because he was Dos Caras in Mexico his dad was the original Dos Caras mm-hmm. and a legendary pro wrestler. So he was yeah. a popular guy. Um, first off, I want to pre- preface this. We don't talk about it a lot on MMA Daily. I spoke with a lot of the guys and girls from Combate Americas. I've covered them over the years. I'm very happy for a lot of guys and girls who got that spotlight. And I know they brought it. Well, I know mm-hmm. that for a lot of fans, they may not be talking about a Combate Americas undercard. 
but I know that there was some great talent that finally got their chance to shine. And I just want to shout out those guys, Super mm -hmm. Meli, Gaston Reno, because they've always given me a lot of time and they really did do some work. They, they were in some close fights, some good fights. So it was a good one. But yeah. Amanda. Oh, so hold on. Let me shout out Victor Martinez from Far Texas. He also did very well in his fight on the undercard. Mr. <laughs> there you go texas representing i mean they had a lot of people they i, I yeah. covered and um i believe i told you this but i went to an event in san antonio once and mm -hmm. it was loaded with texas fighters man i love that place yeah it is yeah. a beautiful i was there it was so nice and warm i could feel my stress level go down and i was like <laughs> i get it i get yeah. why people love the great state of texas yeah they call yeah. us manianaville because we can do everything manana <laughs> It's very chill. <laughs> I mean, that's my kind of place, man. No, but um, yeah, it, look, so let me get your take on it because obviously some would say spectacle. I think that the proof is in the pudding. They fought for real and exactly what you thought would happen in a real fight between Alberto and Tito is exactly yeah. what you saw. So let me get yeah. your thoughts on everything. Um. Yeah, so since I went to sleep, I watched this fight this morning. Um. It wasn't surprising. Honestly, to me, it looked like Tito was sparring, like he was just like practicing, like rolling with someone. Uh, Alberto didn't do much. It just seemed like he was on the defense the whole time and he wasn't prepared for what Tito brought. Um, I don't I don't feel like there's much to say going forward with this. I think that it, it served its purpose, putting a bigger spotlight on Combate with their first pay-per-view. Alberto came out of, I guess, a retirement and decided to take this fight, fight Tito Ortiz, who is on the tail end of his career, or should be, and um, created that little spectacle. And, you know, I mean, it did. It It's something that they needed to do for the organization. And, of course, Alberto has a big stake in the company and so does Tito he's an ambassador for them so I think they did what they needed to do to put to highlight that a little bit um I mean it was it was a good card from what I saw and I mean Combate is such a good organization you know having worked with them that they're all really great and the fighters are awesome so um I think it's good for the purpose that it served I don't it doesn't tell us anything you know if you look on paper you knew Tito was gonna win and in the way that he did was really nice but it, there's not much I don't feel like there's much to take away from it yeah um I feel I, I will say this I want to give credit that you know a lot of people you know I I said you know and I've I asked them about this like this is a competition you guys are not having an exhibition which is yeah. what I think a lot of people yeah. and in, in all honesty if it were quote fixed the work call it whatever word you want to use yeah. That would have actually been more competitive. You could yeah. tell they signed to actually fight, and yeah. you got what you know. I think a lot of people predicted. Um, yeah. I give Alberto credit for stepping out there, but like you said, the result really wasn't surprising. Um, even if you talk about a uh, Alberto Del Rio, you know, years ago when he was competing, you know, right. he was never a standout striker and a well-rounded guy. He was a wrestler, big guy, and um, was going to try to use his physicality. That mm -hmm. didn't work against Tito. He had a good throw, but Tito was clearly more prepared and had the experience there, and he got the job done. Yeah. Um, I think that this is big for Combate Americas. I am very curious to see because 
let's be honest, they're, the way they make it work is that they are the best thing on Spanish television. It's, mm -hmm. and you know this, Las yeah. Noticias or MMA. It is yeah. very easy to know what people are going to watch if, you're, if you only watch <laughs> yeah. Spanish TV. So, you know, <laughs> that is why, you know, you see the quote, their ratings. They are, quote, smashing ratings. It's because literally they, have, they are the best thing on Spanish television. It's either the news, which is repetitive, even though they do have, you know, a lot of very funny weather people and everything. Or it's MMA. Very hot weather girls. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to say it like that, but you're not lying. I mean, I, I don't need to know that it's not going to rain tomorrow, but I want to hear her tell me anyway. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to put it. No, but um, no, for real, I think that that's their thing. And they've done obviously very well with it in their bubble. Mm -hmm. I think the question now is they signed the new deal with Axis. They're not going to be on the zone. I mm -hmm. think that being back on TV works for them. Yeah. I'm curious, though, can they actually break through to the PFL level, to the Bellator level, doing what they've done? And I do think I've seen a bit more of a crossover. They are trying to be a little more, not just the Latino promotion, but just exciting MMA. Like, mm -hmm. they're trying to stay true to their roots, but they're trying to cross over a bit. I think that this helps the cause in terms of getting people to just be aware of them. Mm -hmm. But I do think that you just have to start playing the free agency game. You have to have your own Kayla Harrison. You have to yeah. sign the free agents like Bellator has been able to do. And mm -hmm. that's how you're going to cross over because I just don't see the way they have done it being able to you know, rail in the MMA audience that's already at ESPN Plus for UFC, and Bellator, mm -hmm. and they want to see someone in PFL, and now you got one championship with a lot of guys. It's a very hard thing to do the way they've done it, so I yeah. do think that's what's going to happen next. How do they cross the bridge at this point? Yeah, yeah, and I think bringing Tito in was a little bit of that. I think we need to get someone, they need to get someone who's... Uh, younger and a little bit more at the, at the height of their career or at least around that area because um, Tito yeah everybody knows Tito Ortiz but you know Tito Ortiz from like back in the day so it's like how many of those people are actually going to be converted to actually stay watching Combate because of that Tito's I don't see Tito fighting that many more times it's not like an extensive contract so um, I think I think yeah playing that free agent game getting the names that aren't going to the or that are coming from the UFC um in there will will help draw more casual eyes yeah I mean let's be honest it is not easy but it's not impossible um I think look at one championship I mean they clearly have a lot of talented people maybe just you don't know I mean Angela Lee, I mean, that fight was mm -hmm. the best fight on that one century card. And I mean, did you know about her before? No, but this is one scouting talent. Uh, PFL Kayla Harrison, they found somebody that works. They are out there. And I'm not yeah. saying it's easy. I'm not, you know, I couldn't do it if I were just, if I had my own MMA promotion tomorrow. Yeah. But, you know, if you're really talking about crossing over, that's going to be a big part of it is getting the people, people that, you know, don't normally watch Combate to want to see this person and not mm -hmm. feel like it's, you know, everything that you thought Tito and Alberto might be. Uh, yeah. Final question before we move on. 
Um, and I will say on the record, I would be shocked if the pay-per-view did what you would consider successful. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't think that was the point. I think whatever they made on it, you know, is what they were looking for. And it was about creating the spectacle that people talked about. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say that. Um, Tito did not necessarily say he was going to only fight Combate Americas. The impression I got is that he appreciated the offer. He is open to talking about it. But if there is another opportunity, it sounds like he is fully ready to go do whatever if, let's say, a Bellator deal, a fight with Ryan Bader happens, or etc. What do yeah. you think about this? Do you think that he'll get a big Bellator fight or something to that extent after this? Yeah, probably. I had asked him about uh, looking past Alberto. And, of course, they always want to say they don't want to look past him. But I feel like that's a, a cop out to ignore, to not answer that question. So, um, yeah, I feel like if he wants to keep fighting, I don't really see it being in combate. I think he'll he'll probably go somewhere else. Yeah, try to get a, a bigger name fight. Yeah, I I think that um, and I have asked uh, Scott Coker, and we know um, combate has done the co-promotion. They've sent people to rise in, in the past. I think mm-hmm. that that's something, you know, like, well, which side, you know, are they open to it? And just plain and simple, um, I can see that happening. Or I could see Tito just, you know, I did my thing. I honored my deal. This is where we're at. And, you know, I was offered something else and I took it. Yeah, I can see that more likely happening. But certainly, um, Combate, from what I've heard, has treated him very well. And he's mm-hmm. reciprocated that. And, yeah. you know, I think that says a lot. Especially, you know, when you talk about everything else going on, this is something that's very important to these OG fighters who are looking at this stage of their career. But yeah, Yeah. I'm with you. I think it's he's going to make the jump. I don't see it being a. I don't see. I just don't see Combate being able to sustain what Tito is looking for at this stage. If you're Tito, you're not just looking to fight. You want a another big payday, another big matchup if you can. And I think that Combate is going to have trouble doing that. Yeah. Moving on, there was a little bit... Okay, I'm not going to lie, Amanda. You got a little bit of the short end of the stick because literally everyone and their mama had MMA news last week after yeah. Thanksgiving. This week, yeah. we kind of... I kept waiting for someone to do something and they didn't. <laughs> um, so, But we do have a big story that a lot of people are talking about. Liz Carmouche being released from the UFC. During UFC Washington fight week, essentially, she... um. So I saw the Helwani interview. She said that she had technically completed all of the PR stuff. The only thing left was to just attend the fight as a spectator. You know, they Mm -hmm. gave her the ticket and all that already. And of course, during the event, as she's in the van with the PR people, not necessarily the guys, the matchmakers and people who Mm -hmm. make the roster, she's told by her manager that she's been cut. Awkward. And I, yeah. I will, I want to say this a little bit of a devil's advocate. When you are a big company like the UFC, I don't necessarily expect the people who are in charge of the roster to also be in, also know who, which fighters doing what media appearance for, you know, at yeah. a fight week. Because they do one every week. Yeah. They grab random fighters, Jorge Masvidal, pick one. You see them all the time to sign autographs, mm-hmm. to just, you know, be part of the fan experience, right? I yeah. do. I will say you would think that's something that an email or some text messages are sent before they pull the trigger so this kind of stuff doesn't happen. 
Yeah. But I yeah. do want to point out that on a big machine like that, a miscommunication isn't necessarily unheard of. Yeah. Now, it's just that's a really big miscommunication to have happen. Yes. So I want to toss it to you. I mean, we hear the news. She was on a win streak. She says it's because essentially, you know, she's kind of Im- impeding the growth of the flyweight division. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on this? Um, it's kind of hard to say because I, I don't think the UFC would be transparent with that if that was the reason, um, at least not to us, but I could see it honestly being a reasonable reason and which sucks. Cause it's like supposed to be the best organization, right? They, they pride themselves on having the best talent. Um, but then cutting someone who is one of the best in the division because fighters that aren't as good as her can't make it past her is really contradictory. And I don't think it's fair to her or to the girls because to, to the other women in the division, you're just, you're lowering the bar essentially and saying like, no one's going to beat her. So if no one's going to beat her, let's just take her out instead of rising to that competition level. I think that's, that's a misstep. And I mean, I guess I understand it from UFC perspective, but as a fighter in that division, I'd be offended too, honestly. Like, so you're not even going to give me the opportunity to try and beat her because you're just assuming that we're not going to. And she she did say that most of the girls that they had been offering contracts to weren't taking the fight. So it that depends on whether you're going to take her word for it. I mean, she did have a really long layoff, so that that could be true. I'm not saying it's not true. It's just... Oh man, it's such a horrible situation all around. Now, I it's it's really frustrating, but I know she's going to get picked up right away. She's probably going to go to Bellator, I think. Oh, because uh, her training partner. I wouldn't be surprised if Scott Coker has her on the plane for Hawaii next week already. Yeah, like we, Alima wins, get you in there. Come on, we mm-hmm. we have a space for you on our side. No, yeah. um, I, you know, I do, really didn't, um, I was going to attack it from another angle, but I love what you said. Um, if you are in, if you are a UFC flyweight and they t- tell you, hey, she's too good for you guys, I would be offended. And yeah. um, I, I think that um, only the flyweights can actually answer that. And you know, everyone's going to ask them. So I'm actually looking forward yeah. to that coming up. <laughs> but really, like, you know, like you said, and when I look at the flyweight division and I look at the contenders and I'm like, honestly, who who was turning down the fights? Like, okay, yeah. if Valentina and then you have uh, Carmucha at one or two. I mean, she fought Chukagian. Um, mm-hmm. Jessica I was up there. Are you saying she turned it down? Yeah. Georgia Calderwood, Andrea Lee, uh, Montana De La Rosa, Paige Van Zandt, Macy Barber. There's so many girls, I just have a hard time believing all of them turned down that fight. Now, yeah. obviously, ask them and see what happens. That's and I a, mean, who who did they actually take to, who did they actually give that fight to? You yeah. know what I mean? That offer. Obviously, it's not going to be everybody. Yeah. So, I, I feel like they could have matched her up. They could have. They just didn't want to put the backing into it. They didn't want to put the work into it, which is horrible it's so it's so frustrating yeah and i want to say i want to pull up her record right now really quick um besides chukagan and obviously the title fight she really didn't have 
I remember being a little shocked at her, uh, like, okay, Lucy Pitalova, who, you know, respectfully, a lot of people didn't really recognize. Jennifer Maya, um, I think that Jennifer was coming off a loss when Liz fought her, but not necessarily the biggest names. And I remember finding that a little perplexing. Um, But look, I mean, when you talk about it, to go back to the point, though, I just don't see... um, you know, uh, like you said, if you're talking about having the best, the fact that they're saying she was too good is odd to me. Now, I do want to say this reminds me a lot of when Ryan Bader left in free agency, though. But Dana White mm-hmm. immediately said, we have no intention of keeping Ryan Bader. But at the time, Ryan had really just he was competing. And then we remember just the John Jones, uh, Daniel Cormier, just uh, Rumble Johnson, that trifecta. He ran into literally every title challenger yeah. as he was on a run. And, you know, when they were killing it, mind you, Glover Tashira hadn't yeah. lost in forever. And, you know, Rumble Johnson, everyone was like, man, the guy to beat John Jones. Ryan yeah. Bader, you know, let's be honest, he kind of, you kind of got the impression that it was never going to happen for him in UFC. So when the time comes for free agency, man, there's just, you know what, just do what you got to do now. Mm-hmm. That's, if that, I feel like that's what UFC is trying to say about Liz Carmouche. Yeah. I just don't know if I believe that she was there yet. And, you know, yeah. they said she signed a new contract. But look, I mean, by all accounts, if that's true, Liz said she wasn't getting as many fights as she wanted. Yeah, Bellator and other places are going to be ready to do that for her, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So I would not be surprised at that. And I know, I mean, it's not nice to see someone break up with somebody else, but yeah. you just know they're going to be happier on the other yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a blessing in disguise for her because she can be more active. And I mean, she had mentioned um, turning down a bunch of opportunities because of the UFC. So it's like, it's it's horrible that they they prevented her from doing those things within that time, but now she gets to do what she wants at least until she signs a contract, and so she has more freedom from that to be able to also be as active as she wants to be within the calendar year. I think she said she wanted to fight three times, and that wasn't going to happen. So yeah. I'm sure she'll find somewhere that will give her what she needs. You're not running from the cops over there, are you, Amanda? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a little Grand Theft Auto. No, but um, I, I hear you. No, completely. And um, I'll say it again. I would not be surprised if that contract is signed by the time Alima gets in the cage next week with Bellator. I feel like the the there's too many wheels in motion. You got to think Alima called Scott Coker herself and was like, yeah. hey, I need you to, you know, call someone before you have breakfast tomorrow. She's a free agent. So, yeah. I think that's what'll happen. Okay. Um, so, guys, it is the year-end, you know, unofficially event for the UFC UFC 245. It is stacked. There is the the undercard is ridiculous, and then you're capping it off with three title fights. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, look, we could be here for like an, a whole like three-hour Ariel Helwani special <laughs> talking about this. Um, I know that you guys don't love us quite as much. That's okay. I still love you. That's okay. That's okay. Not yet. uh, Exactly. (laughs) But, you know, let's talk about it. So let's talk about some of the stuff on the undercard. I think the elephant in the room, Jose Aldo's Bantamweight experiment. What are your thoughts on this? 
Um, you know, I hate speculating about weight cuts because I don't feel like I know enough about it. And I feel like people see pictures and um, they get freaked out by it. But he freaked me out, man. <laughs> I am not crazy about the way he looks. And it's not not to compare the two methods, but it reminds me of the Dillashaw cut. He looked bad. He looked really depleted. And uh, seeing Aldo like this is um, not fun. But, I mean, he says he's he's right there. So he's saying he's healthy. He's ready to go. He just has a few more pounds to drop. If that's true, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes, honestly. And then facing Moraes is going to be a, a fun challenge. It's going to be a good fight, I think. It's going to be really competitive. See, my thing about the – no, I'm completely with you. Um, when I look at Jose Aldo, I'm like, okay, you are a smart guy. You're a professional. You mm -hmm. have a lot of smart professional people around you. I believe yeah. you have people around you who care about you before you would try this endeavor. But similar to hearing Andy Ruiz say he gained weight for the rematch with Joshua, it's like, that just sounds like a bad idea. You know, yeah. and that's how I feel about yeah. the Jose Aldo Bantamweight thing is that <laughs> I just, I, I don't see, uh, I, I'm not a fan of seeing a guy put himself through that. And I completely get, you know, motivating yourself and all this and all that. Um, at the, mm -hmm. For the record, even if he has a successful debut, I don't see this being sustainable. I can't see him fighting more than two or three fights, if that. And that's all incumbent on fighting Cejudo for the title, which is, you know, exactly right. what he's trying to do with that. And mind you, if he beats Moraes, I don't even want to think about Cejudo fighting anybody else if he could have Jose Aldo. Um, so respectfully, yeah. that is right there for him if he could do this. That being said, you know, I just... Yeah, I don't need. I just like I said, it's just not sustainable. I think he's too tall. I think he's a big 145er. I think a big part of his style, honestly, is is being an athletic, powerful athlete, which he's gonna sacrifice a lot right. to make bantamweight. You know, yeah. if he was a shorter, more compact guy, maybe you could make the argument that okay, this is something he could do. That's mm -hmm. just not the case with Jose Aldo. Mind you, at 145, is he not already about as cut as you've ever seen? I mean, yeah, it's kind of like yeah. Anthony Pettis doing 145. You just don't think they have that extra turns in the towel to wring out the sweat in the water. So, like I said, yeah. I'm not a fan. He has the. I trust that he has the right people around him if he's doing this. Yeah. Right. But I just don't see that happening. I, I just don't see this lasting. And stylistically, I. I'm with you. I kind of see this being a good one for Moraes under the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see it being sustainable. It kind of seems like a little experiment, see how it goes, and then go back to his regular weight class. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some other stuff. Uriah Faber, Peter Jan. That one's a really yeah. good one at Bantamweight. If Faber's that guy, it's like, you know what? It's kind of like Father Time respects him too much to go up to him, you know? He just yeah. is that <laughs> eternal guy. But he's up he against, looks like he's a little kid still, his face. I mean, that's I don't know what they, he's drinks up there in Sacramento, but it's working. Yeah. But, the baby's um, keeping him young. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> but Peter Jan is a beast. That is a tough fight for anybody, let alone a guy, a vet like Faber. And look, if Faber wins, he is on the short list at Bantamweight. 
But yeah. then again, it's Peter Jan. This is a guy people see getting to the title regardless. What are your thoughts yeah. on, I guess, the matchmaking, if not the fight? I think it's crazy that Uriah just came back and is already like a fight or two away from title contention. <laughs> like, that's just wild to me. Um, I think it's going to be a interesting fight. I think if Uriah can play his game, he, he'll be fine. Um, it's just if Peter Jan's gonna gonna let him, you know, he's gonna be uh, pressuring him. He's gonna strike, and um, I don't know how well Riyadh is gonna hold up with that with that kind of style at this time. Yeah, I think that. Um, it, now here's a guy who respectfully Uriah has never failed to show up prepared. Whatever mm -hmm. he's got to give, he's gonna give it out in the cage, and that's why you know. I, I look, I love it. I'm a big fan. I know a lot of people are too, but this mm -hmm. is just a tough matchup, and I think that Peter Jan is, uh, you know, from what I've heard, he's ready to take full advantage. He knows the chance he's getting right yeah. over here, you know. Right. But yeah, so I, I think it's a tough one. But I will say this: that's just gangster Uriah Faber. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's not like Nate Diaz. He's too nice, but. <laughs> I, that's a very BMF move, if I may say so. It's yeah. taking that kind of fight at his age, and that's why yeah. people love him. Mm -hmm. Let's get into the good stuff, Amanda. So, I, and by the way, I told everybody, you know, Natalie did send me her picks, so you will get to know mm -hmm. what she picked out. But okay. Amanda, I'm gonna toss it to you for the first fight. It is, um, I've heard it called the Coco, so it's not the co-main <laughs> event, but it's still too big of a fight to just call it another one. So the right. Coco. Double champ Amanda <laughs> Nunes against Jermaine Durandamy for the 135 championship. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I will not bet against Amanda. <laughs> I love her. I, I took her with Cyborg. I, don't, I think we talked about that last time. I, I just can't see her losing her, her belt. I, I think it's going to be a really fun fight, but Amanda plays her game, and Amanda's going to do what Amanda and I think um, GDR is going to be a challenge, but I, I don't think it's anything that Amanda can handle. That That is the most I've said my name all year, mm -hmm. just by the way. <laughs> uh, out of curiosity, do more people like, obviously MMA people call you Chica, but do more of your friends outside of the bubble, do they call you Chica or Amanda? Honestly, now everyone's starting to call me Chica. Like, all my family calls me Chica, and, yeah, people, like, fighters know me as Chica now, too, so it's, like, everybody knows me uh, as Chica. Out of curiosity, are you the youngest in your family? Like I'm siblings? the oldest, actually. <laughs> See, because I can yeah. imagine, like, the youngest being called Chica, because, you know. Yeah, but, no, uh, I'm, the, I'm the oldest, and so I have a five-year-old little sister, and so we call her little Chica. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is she your mini-me? Oh my gosh, yes, but she's oh, she's tough, man. She's strong. Oh, there you go. Runs <laughs> in the family. No, mm -hmm. I think it's cute. I think it's endearing. I think that when you have a nice nickname, <laughs> roll with it. Um, on the fight with um with Amanda and Jermaine, and no, I'm with you. Um, I think that for me, Jermaine is such a traditional kickboxer, and you see it just her beautiful extensions with her combinations and her punches. So um, you know, transitions to the kicks really well. Um, it, she's just a, just fun to watch. That being said, Amanda touches you. She does damage. Um, mm -hmm. she's clearly grown into her own as a striker herself. And yeah. really to me, what this comes down to is 
in the event that she's somehow not winning, she outgrapples Jermaine nine mm-hmm. out of ten times. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't see her failing to get the takedown if she really needs it. I don't see mm-hmm. her struggling to get close to Jermaine with her power. Um, I just see that happening for her. Now, that's not yeah. to say that the fight isn't going to be um, competitive. I do actually think yeah. that Jermaine has a great shot at an upset. But I think that Amanda gets a hold of Jermaine, that's it, nine out of ten yeah. times. And I think that she gets her down and just beats her up from there. So I think that, um, I just think it's good. I think it's a good fight for Amanda because she has that extra factor. Uh, I have her by, um, I have her by like third round TKO. I just feel like yeah. she's going to get it done. Yeah, I'm thinking TKO too. I don't know what round. I'm so bad at predicting rounds. If I say something, it's going to like jinx them. Oh, it's, well, do it anyway then. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay, um, let me ask you. Um, regard. Okay, if, there, if Jermaine wins, rematch is obvious. If Amanda mm-hmm. wins, what is left, so to speak, you know? Oh, gosh. I have no idea. That girl is like beating everyone on the planet. Like, who is she gonna fight next? <laughs> oh man, she's in a crazy position. She's at the top. Like, what's left for her? She's like, she's like a shark in a fish tank. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. You know what? For me, I mean, because it's like, <laughs> like you just had Aspen Ladd win. You have Ketlin Vieira, Irene Aldana on this undercard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the winner of that fight fight Aspen, but even then, it's like yeah, that just doesn't that's seem like just a jump, man. I mean, yeah. at least Dominic Reyes has been killing it for a minute. Aspen's yeah. kind of new to the party, um, so it's tough. Yeah. It, it, it's and by you, it's Amanda. After you've knocked out Misha, Ronda, Chris Cyborg, Holly Holm, yeah. I yeah. mean, you give me somebody who sounds like a threat after you've done that. That's yeah. already a tough one going in. Um, I do, I will say this, the 145 thing may never happen. Um, I really don't know. I feel like you got Megan Anderson, Felicia Spencer. There's nothing else going on there. And I really would hate to think that they're just going to have Bantamweights move up to fulfill those contracts. But then I don't really know where else, where, like, really, where does that leave Amanda? Like, is it just a placeholder? because there's more quote marketable fights it's a very yeah. tough position yeah i mean it's crazy because i feel like amanda could have been the headliner on this card like obviously any any of these championship fights but i feel like they put need to put more respect on her name i mean just wipe it off amanda Get it. <laughs> let her know chica let her know no but um uh, i mean i'm interested in, like really uh, pull something out of the hat i am not ruling out the trilogy with Valentina Shevchenko if she yeah. you know if Shevchenko beats um Chukagian, which is another good yeah. matchup for her cuz it's kind of like in all honesty what do those girls have left they literally spent mm-hmm. the last year and a half beating down the competition besides each other i mean i just think that's i mean that's really all yeah. that they could really do i feel at this point and it would be a good sell mm-hmm. i think you know put it as a co-main yeah. to a John Jones Israel Adesanya no no brainer there mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so we will see. We will move on from that one. In the co-main event, the featherweight championship on the line, Max Holloway looks to turn back Alexander Volkanovsky. I want to say this is going to be Max's third attempt to defend the title. 
Volkanovski on a ridiculous, I want to say 17-fight win streak going back to his pre-UFC days. This is a challenge, but mm -hmm. can he get the job done against a guy as good as Blessed? Let me toss it to the chica. The best is Blessed, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I feel like Max is doing so well and he he performs so well under in these kinds of circumstances and um i don't think volkanovsky is just like a give me for him it's going to be a challenge he's going to be a challenge for him uh obviously and he he trains with some great people i just it's it what is kind of you know what's weird to me is the stat that i was looking at um volkanovsky has a longer reach than max but he's shorter than him. Yeah, at Max is 5'11", and Volkanovski is 5'6", and he has, like, two inches on him, two and a half. So I, that was weird. It's like, I picture his, like, arms, like, down to his knees. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that that was just something interesting that I had read. Um, I don't know, man. I, I got to go with Max, but I could see I could see an upset happening here. You know what? Um, I would say this, that when I look at Volkanovsky and I think about like Frankie Edgar, what did Frankie Edgar have the threat of? Get inside and work. Frankie yeah. Edgar isn't a home run hitter with his punches, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Volkanovsky could do damage. And, you know, I yeah. feel like we've seen him crack some really tough guys and really hurt them. I can see Volkanovsky doing that. That being said, I think that um, with the reach, it's not just, you know, is his, are his arms longer and this and that. It's about the fact that Max just knows how to control that distance. Mm -hmm. I mean, I look at that Brian Ortega fight. No offense, but Brian Ortega can hurt you. And he was taller and bigger. And he was just struggling. Yeah. And, you know, mind you, Volkanovski, I can see him trying to mix it up, use some more wrestling, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But I really think that that's where Max really shines. And I think a lot of the other fighters recognize that, that it's like, look, if you're not bigger and technical like Dustin Poirier was, someone like that, mm -hmm. it is a tough mountain to climb to say you are going to catch up to Max, you are going to hit him enough and hurt him enough at 145 to get the job done. It's very tough. And mind you, this is a guy who hits hard. Watch his fight with Jose Aldo and see how, what he was doing to him. This is a guy who brings yeah. it. And um, yeah, look, I mean, he's reached that point, kind of like GSP Demetrius Johnson, that at 145... You're kind of crazy if you don't believe in his ability to figure anybody out at this stage. Yeah. Volkanovski provides a lot of challenges. It's Max Holloway, though. I see him being able to maintain the distance and just get the job done. Handle it. Yeah, I, I think the, the thing that scares me about Max is his willingness to stand and bang. It's like, like this guy has, like, some power, man. And so it, it always freaks me out. I, I get real nervous, but... Yeah, I, it'll be an interesting one, that's for sure. No, it's, it's, he definitely brings it, but that's why people love him. And that's yeah. why, you know, it's like, I have a question. Here's a side note. Do you feel like um, Max sees Bellator Hawaii and he's like, <sighs> he's like, why not us? Yeah. I'm like, what do I got to sure. do, man? Yeah. I'm saying everything. I'm sure. <laughs> you know, I'm not being cringy. Like, yeah. On. What do we got to do? Yeah, he's do? just like, this wholesome, sweet guy, and it's like that's not getting him a Hawaii card. Maybe one day. One day. One day he, it'll happen. He needs to light his Saint Ortega candle and ask for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, but um, no, I see this one. Um, I see this decision. Volkanovski is going to show up to hold his ground, but I think it's not going to be enough. What about you? So Holloway, yeah. round yeah. five, yeah. Yeah, I got Holloway. Decision? Or decision. decision. Yeah, okay. I'm thinking. Yeah, decision. I hate doing picks. Oh, why are you making me do picks? I mean, it's kind of my job. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I let. It's yeah, like I let I'm you guys know what you're uh, signing up for. Max by decision. Max by decision. Yeah. Okay. Um, who do you see being next for him if he wins? Uh, like um, Jermaine and Amanda Volkanovski wins. It's a rematch. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, man, if Max wins, who do we have? Korean Zombie is my front runner. Yeah, I mean, he's fighting, is it next week already? Wait, when yeah. is? Week is from Saturday, already? yeah. Okay, yeah. Nice. I mean, whoever wins that, which probably going to be Korean Zombie. I mean, uh, people talk yeah. about, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, Zabit and Yair, it's not that they're not doing well. I just feel like they need that big win. I think it's got to happen against the other to get a title yeah. shot, but... If you tell me, you know, Yair gets a title shot right now or Zabit, I just, I don't know if it hypes me up just yet. Yeah, I don't think Zabit's ready at all. And I think uh, Yair could have gotten a better, uh, done a better performance to, to warrant that. So I think, yeah, but I, I, I would say the winner of Korean Zombie and Frankie Edgar, but probably Korean Zombie. I mean, I will say this, if Korean Zombie loses that one, it's going to be... Very He's going to shake it up. Yeah. So we might see Max do something at 155 just, you know, for the heck of it. For funsies. Yeah, why not? I mean, <laughs> he could eat extra cupcakes. It's good. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to the main event of the evening. And by the way, I will give you guys all of Natalie's picks um, before the end of the show. Um, but uh, this one, so the... Uh, okay, everyone says Suhudo's the king of cringe, and I might have asked a top-ranked UFC contender who said, you know what, uh, you know, Suhudo says everything with a smile. Mm-hmm. Colby might actually get stabbed by somebody. <laughs> and this is a guy who, hey, if I told you who he was, you've all heard of him. I'm going to just say that right now. <laughs> But I'm that's least... actually dude that's actually like what he was saying it's like he's actually scared like to to go out he's always like looking over the shoulder you know yeah. okay uh, I, i'm here's the thing and he's kind of dominated headlines um i've never been a fan of rewarding bad behavior i yeah. think he's crossed the line to get us to talk about him which i'm mm-hmm. not no don't don't do that yeah. But look, it's his night, so okay, Colby, yeah. I'm going to talk about you. <laughs> uh, regardless of whether it's an act or how much you think of what he feels when he says these things, I think at the end of the day, you know, his trash talk has ranged anywhere from juvenile to unethical. Yeah. And I think that at the end of the day, when you say those things publicly, however much, quote, intention you have, et cetera, et cetera, I think at the end of the day, you're a person who said that. And I think that that's just, you know, once again, there's just lines. Yeah, now, if you're okay saying those things, even if it's for show, you're still saying those things. 
Yeah, and so to me, that's a little tough. But look, he's a guy who, you know, if you feel like he sold his soul to get, you know, these title shots, and I'm sure he makes more money now, then by all means, you know what? That's his prerogative. That's how he handled business. And his wallet is now bigger for it. And you know what? That He's in MMA where money is not always guaranteed. All right, this is where you, this is your bed. He is laying in it. And I want to talk about the fight, though, because I think that, for one, there is a lot of, you know what? You don't want to lose to the other. I mean, no one does yeah. anyway, but there's a little extra heat to pay if you mm-hmm. lose this one for either guy. Yeah. Um, I, at first, I thought Kamaru is a little bit bigger and longer, but when I looked at the stats, he's only about an inch taller, and that's yeah. it. He's the same height and reach as uh, Colby yeah. Covington, pretty much. He's so, like he's built different. I think that's why he looks bigger. I think he's got more broad shoulders. I think that's yeah. just it. Yeah. But um, Col- Colby's like proportion, like a short guy. I think that's what it is. Like he's like equal part torso and legs, and Kamaro uh, is a little bit longer, longer looking. Yeah, but um, with the two, I would say that at the end, I know he doesn't have too many knockouts, but the power on Kamaru, I think that yeah. he's more likely to do the damage when he touches Colby than the other way around. Oh. For sure. That being said, um, everyone talks about the wrestling. I actually think it's going to come down to the striking. I think the guy who can dictate the striking is going to be the one to get the other one down. Because if they're just going to try to, you know, shoot doubles in the middle of the octagon, they're going to cancel each other out. I don't see that happening any other way. They're not, they're two intelligent guys. They're not going to get taken down in the middle of the octagon unless something dramatic has happened, in my opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. Colby could very easily just put that pressure on Kamaru and just make Kamaru miss get in get out yeah. just just wear him down just yeah. just start pounding that wall it's very tough though <laughs> because I do believe that Kamaru knows is going to be very well prepared for the strategy it's just going to be about can he execute the right defense because he's got to slow down Colby then you could go to work and I think yeah. that's going to be the real x factor let me toss yeah. it to you though who does get it done Kamaru or Colby as much as I hate to say this, I think Colby's going to win. And I wish that he wouldn't. <laughs> but I don't know. Colby has this thing where he can just stay with that wrestling pressure and just freaking annoy the crap out of you the entire time. And honestly, with uh, everything, like, I know we want to say, like, don't think about the lead up or anything. But you know that gets into these guys' heads. And it's frustrating. And then also not being able to, like, beat the crap out of him might frustrate Kamaru to the point where he he maybe he throws his game plan out maybe he just gets he lets Colby chip away at him through those full five rounds and we it will be painful and it will not be not painful for Kamaru it'll be painful to watch because we don't want Covington to win but I I honestly hate to say this oh my gosh people are gonna fight me no (laughs) no I understand that Colby's good that's the thing is like honestly I ignore a lot of his outside of the cage antics and I can I try to not separate it because I know what he's about or or claims to be about um but I I try to ignore him as much because I don't like cringe humor like I I don't do that I don't think it's funny it makes me feel weird so I don't watch his stuff um so he doesn't bother me as much as people who probably do pay attention to that. Uh, so I can I can see past all his little gimmick um, and realize that, yeah, he, he is a good fighter. And 
I, I hope Kamaru can um, make it his game. I, I just Colby's Colby's um, endurance and his cardio. I think that's going to play a factor too. I think this is going to be a really even matchup, but. I, I kind of feel like, I don't know. I don't know why I feel like Colby's going to win, but I do. <sighs> I can feel the, I can feel the guilt the through the microphone. Yes, it's the frustration. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. You know what? Um, it's okay. It's just make peace with your pick, Chica. It'll be all right. I'm trying. No, but... um. Oh I, I need gosh. to do a few Hail Marys to your Brian Ortega candle. <laughs> People are going to boycott Unknown MMA tomorrow over this. <laughs> no, but um, no, it's all good. Uh, you know, it's a tough fight. It's not, we have not had a guy and that factor is there. I've actually kept going with Kamaru. I feel like, you know what? This is the difference between getting the job done and the guys who just don't. I think Kamaru is the kind of guy who gets it done. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying he's not going to have to work for it, but I see him just landing a few more shots, getting a few more of the good positions, holding the, onto them just a little bit longer, and I think he gets a tough-fought decision. I think that yeah. at the end of the day, it's going to come down to a couple more things that he's just able to do, and that's how he wins the fight. But um, I, I hope I'm wrong, Gabriel. I hope I am wrong. I would be very happy if Kamara won. I, I promise you, I think it'll be good. I think that'll be so much better. Because, okay, let's say Colby wins. Who, who's he fighting next? Jorge. He's like, I'm the people's <laughs> champ. I'll let whoever. That they were saying Masvidal. It's like, eh. I don't really feel like that. Like that's the next fight for the champion. Oh. I don't think that's what Masvidal wants. I so. think that he's just doesn't want to give the other two props. I, I do got to say this. I got to say this. I was watching the um, the athlete panel, which I think is brilliant, by the way, if you're not going to put these guys through open workouts. Um, yeah. But uh, they were asking, you know, they were teasing. I saw that Colby and everyone said Masvidal. And he yeah. called you. It's like, I guess I'm going to fight Street Judas. I, I almost fell off the couch laughing. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, and whenever I, it's like off the cuff stuff, he's kind of he's actually kind of funny, but it's like the pre-planned little responses that aren't funny. It's but like that was funny, and then he told like one reporter that he was his girlfriend was swiping right on him on Tinder, and that was funny too because it was just like it's. I think little things like that show more of Colby being Colby than him doing all the other stuff that he's doing. So he, I think he could be funny if he embraced himself instead of the, the character. I've heard people say Colby is actually a nice dude. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, that ship just sailed, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I could, but I could see him being a nice person in person. And I mean, I think he, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Colby that I can see past that stuff. Uh, I hate it. I do hate it. Believe me. I Okay. MMA is supposed to be my release from real life. And you don't think about, like, obviously not anymore because it's, like, part of our job. Mm -hmm. But it's not supposed to be entrenched with all this politics and, like, really hard-hitting topics. So him bringing it into it, 
pisses me off. Like I, that actually bothers me so much, but I just, I know that it's all fake. And I think the, the thing with Shab and Sahudo was really funny when he was like, kind of told, told Henry, like, yeah, he saw it like turn on and off. And obviously Henry does it too. I do think Colby's more the king of cringe because you can tell with Sahudo, like, He's just having fun with it, but Colby's like pushing it further to where it doesn't it, it doesn't come off funny or interesting. It's just like just stop talking. You know, um, I'll leave one final uh, comparison. Um, and I said mm-hmm. this, and I know you're a bit of a basketball fan too. But do you remember with uh, Lonzo Ball when he was looking to get drafted, <laughs> and everyone talked about his dad was doing all the talking? <laughs> And I thought, you know, ask the other rookies if they're not watching that and they're not having a text with their dad and saying, Pop, you got to go out there and start saying some crazy stuff, man. Come on. Come up with something like BBB. I know. Like, Dad, like, you know, you need to get out there and go say something crazy already, man. We can look what's he was happening. Like the most hated dad in America for like that little stretch of time and then like he just disappeared and like Lonzo sucks now (laughs) it's just like we just don't need to worry about him anymore but yeah I mean who else what other rookie were we talking about during that time the big mouth closed mouth don't get fed right yeah but my point though with uh, Colby is like you know what he's just doing exactly what they thought you're supposed to it's like man you need to get out there and say something so they so you get paid he did it. Okay, yeah. you know, but um, obviously, but you know. He, like, do you think that it's, he's really a draw? That's my thing is, do you think people are actually tuning in to watch him lose? Enough. Because, I, I mean, you think so? Enough. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying he's uh, Conor McGregor, don't get me wrong, but yeah. he's, uh, you know, I, I think that he gets enough people riled up that you put you pair him up with the right guy, people will watch it. I'll say this. <laughs> He fights Jorge Masvidal. Everyone and their mama gonna want to watch that fight. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's uh, that's my thing. Um, all right. So you've got Colby. I've got <clears throat> you've got Colby. <laughs> <laughs> I have got Kamaru. Okay. So let's recap. We I have Kamaru. You've got Colby. We've both got Holloway. I've got decision. You got decision. I had Amanda TKO, and I think you also went Amanda TKO, right? All right, and then guys, you know, per Natalie herself, she says hi. She's going with Usman TKO round three, a decision for Holloway, a decision for Amanda, and not for nothing, she's also got Marais TKO round two and favor by decision. So um, okay. there you have it, all of the hosts of MMA Daily with the predictions for you. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be, it's just a fun undercard start to finish. Dude, and- the whole card is stacked. Yeah, but um, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. I am ready to discuss it. Amanda, thank you very much for joining me. Um, it's been a lot of fun. You are welcome anytime. You know, I love talking with you, and you know I always show support on social media. So thank yes. you for keeping me company on this week's episode. I really appreciate it. Where of can course, fans- thank you for Go ahead. And where can the fans find you on social media? Amanda in Sanchez and then you can find unknown MMA at unknown MMA underscore. Awesome. And, and we're both we're same usernames for Instagram and Twitter. 
Gotcha. And guys, you can follow me all the time at Double G on TV. Just spell out the word double. Next week, we're back to talk about UFC Busan. It is Frankie Edgar against the Korean Zombie. And we'll recap all of the excitement from UFC 245. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, have a good one.